from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovius, Dennis Cox, the producer of this program. I'll give you my number one NC State fair food, which starts up on Thursday. And Matt Rule was let go. Now that Matt Rule is out, the focus is going to be on David Tepper, the owner, to see what kind of direction the Carolina Panthers are going in. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? It's brought to you by GEICO. you got a choice of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online to GEICO.com or stop by the GEICO office nearest you. Let's get it. The Guardians and the Mariners advanced in the AL wildcard, Joe, while the Phillies and the Padres, the Fathers, not the Mets, on the NL side, giving us... Some matchups here in the AL and NLDS. Top seeds, each side. Any upsets you see on the board there, Joe? I'm kind of liking the Mariners over the Astros, or do you think that's wishful thinking on my part? I think that's what... I mean, look, the Mariners are a wonderful story. Yes. Uh, but the Astros are, I mean... Probably the best team in baseball. We've been so we've been so caught up in the Yankees. I right? know. We got, we got caught up in our own little silliness between the Braves and the Mets that we tend to forget that the Astros, without banging trash cans, are actually... Pretty darn good. Number one seed in the AL. And I feel like the Mariners uh, this weekend, mission accomplished, right? Yeah. For first time in the playoffs since 2001, they did it on the road. That's pretty sweet, right? Funniest thing I saw this weekend. The funniest thing. I, and I felt bad. I felt bad for our guy, Michael Ewald. So much so that I have made the unilateral decision <laughs> to waive the rest of the tortilla slap bet between him and our former producer, Jonathan Rand. If you missed it, Ewald's our resident Mets fan in the building. Right. Not a casual Mets fan like Adam no, Gold. No. So Ewald like wears it, man. Like literally, he wears a Mets thing every day. His desk is just littered with Mets stuff. And when the Mets were hot, we decided to enter into a bet with the big Braves fan, Jonathan Rand, our former producer. And it all was related to the NL East, who would win it. And the person got to slap the other person with a large burrito-sized tortilla. Rand hit Ewald so hard with that tortilla. I was so impressed. I didn't think Rand had it in him. I did not either. I mean, some questions about that. And Ewald's face was completely red. I felt bad, and I told Ewald today, buddy, it's a wrap. Because there was a follow-up. Like, who was going to go further in the postseason? Potentially could have been slapped two more times. Waved it. I just waved it. We're not going to do that again. Very nice of you. We're not going to do that anymore. But the funniest thing that I did see was somebody had taken the Timmy trumpet when uh, he had gone out to... Shea Narcos. Stadium or yep. whatever it's called now, and did it live, or theoretically he did it live. So they took that footage and then they put taps. It's pretty smart. That was pretty good. They did the funeral. They did the funeral procession for the Mets, and that was pretty damn funny. I cackled. Next up, one of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. I love food. Gilio, you love food. Dennis, you love food. This yeah, is, I do. This is why I love the NC State Fair, and. This is like my Super Bowl. We all have our Super Bowls. And the NC State Fair Media Day is my Super Bowl where I get to try some of the new foods and report back to you, the listener, and tell you what to eat. Because calories, there's only so many of them that you can consume. Not all of us are blessed like Joey Chestnut and just can go hard in the paint like that. Of the new food items that I tried, the Korean corn dog is the thing you must try. 
You're making a face, Julio. The Korean corn dog satisfies everything that I'm looking for from fair food. Is it on a stick? Yes. So that's criteria number one that it meets. Is it fried? Yes. And does it does it take a bunch of things, slap them together while they're deep fried to make a delicious concoction? Yes, 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 and yes. So the Korean corn dog consists of an interesting mashup of hot dog, some sort of chicken, mozzarella, French fries, and then they deep fry it, pull it out, pour nacho cheese on top of it, and then roll it in flaming hot Cheetos dust and serve it to you with a side of spicy mayo. Wonderful. You look sick just for me talking about it, Julio. Are you Sounds okay like with a it? Trip to the bathroom. Yeah, it was actually. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. The other thing that I was a big fan of was the Dory Esquites, which essentially it's Mexican street corn dumped into a bag of Doritos. That was low key, really, really good. And I also enjoyed the Oreo crumble cookie dough on a stick. That was dipped in chocolate and then added with some Oreo crumble. There's a bunch of new things at the fair. Uh, I know that some of our friends from WRAL really enjoyed the, uh, there was a, a barbecue mac and cheese. That was pretty good. I also enjoyed the, what else? What else? The other thing that was, oh, the deep fried Cuban rolls were actually pretty good too. It was like my obligation as a Cuban to have that uh, from Chef's Delights. The pickle inside and the spicy mustard that came along with it was a good twist on it. Jillio, you were there today. I did not see you eat a single thing. I did not. Why'd you show up, dude? I didn't know if you needed me for my acting skills in any of our social media videos. Ah, nah. This is the, the star of the show is the food. I just take stills, close-up stills, so people can see and what you know what it actually looks like, as opposed to those staged photos mm. that they'll put out in the press release. That's the job that I take when I go to. The fair. Also, look out for the 2022 NC State Fair Bacon Trail map. They'll hand it out, and they'll have on the map a listing of spots in which bacon is an ingredient for the food. There's, I think, 20 do 22 different locations where you can get something with bacon on it. I'm here for that. We might have to go out there as a show for the bacon trail. Just to just yeah. to, just to try when you're feeling up to it, Julio. We can go out there. Maybe we can do a Matt Rule review yes. of certain foods. I was just thinking that. I, mean, I have to yeah, I have to do that. Next up. <laughs> NC State came back and beat Florida State on Saturday night, 19 to 17. This after trailing 17 to 3 at the half. This after losing quarterback Devin Leary near the end of the third quarter. NC State coach Dave Doran updated Leary's status today. The He's a senior in my book, <laughs> fifth-year quarterback. Injured his right shoulder, but the x-rays were negative. He doesn't have a break. It's a rehabable injury. This is Doran on Leary's status. You know, losing your quarterback is never good. Um, good news is his shoulder is good. Um, all the images were positive. It's a rehabable injury, and that starts immediately. It's a day-to-day -day thing. Um, he was fortunate. You know, a lot of times when you see a quarterback get hit while they're throwing, it, it can be damaging, and, and this was not that. So Devin's super tough, and he'll grind. Uh, there isn't a timeline. Could be this week. Could be six weeks. It's really going to come down to how he recovers. And so we're excited that the news was what it was. Two ways to look at this. 
NC State goes to Syracuse on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't believe there's any chance that Devin Leary plays in that game. Then they get a week off. Then they host Virginia Tech on October 27th. It's a little bit less than three weeks from the injury for Leary. Or they could put him on the shelf for a month, which would only they would only miss the Syracuse and Virginia Tech games. And he could be back for Wake Forest on November 5th. The question that you got to ask is whether or not NC State's defense is capable enough of shutting down Syracuse's upcoming weekend, which is more run, run, run focused. Yes. And whether or not NC State's defense is good enough to shut down Virginia Tech's anemic offense altogether, which we saw North Carolina able to do. So if North Carolina is able to get that Virginia Tech defense to just kind of be shut down, and they were in a close one against Pitt this past weekend, then I like NC State's chances over the next couple of weeks. We talked about this earlier. NC State's season ultimately comes down to two games, how they fare against Wake Forest and North Carolina. Given what I've seen out of the the offense so far this year, I don't think they can keep up with either one. And you're relying on your defense to be perfect in games against Wake Forest and Carolina. We know how difficult that is. They weren't perfect against Florida State, and they almost lost that game. They brought it in the second half and turned the tide. I mean, that's what we know NC State's defense is capable of. But we also know that Wake Forest operates at a different level offensively than as dynamic as uh, Travis Jordan or Jordan Travis can be. For uh, for Florida State, and we know what Carolina's offense is capable of if they can get cooking. So, scary hours for the Wolfpack, man. I'd be curious to see how they uh, navigate the next couple. They weeks. did win the game though by kicking a bunch of field goals and then picking off a pass when Florida State's coach decided not to kick a field goal, and also the Florida State punter executed yes. a play that I don't think either one of us. Or anyone else who follows football has ever seen? Well, look, there is something to be said about the curse reverse Mm -hmm. candles kicking in. This is twice now where NC State has walked out of situations with wins when they probably shouldn't have. I was going to say, they're 5-1. They should be 3-3. Easily. If not for the game. Easily. So for anybody who acts as though the candles haven't been working, well, yeah. At 5-1 versus 3-3, here we are. ECU, they missed two field goals that could have won it. And then last, you know, on Saturday, you're, you're telling me they don't have Devin Leary. Huh? What? And their defense wasn't perfect? And you had to kick a bunch of field goals? Yeah, they still won the game. So, poor ECU and App State, man. Dude. You know what? Town bad. You know what? For App State, does, is anybody going to remember anything that That's, happened after September? It's going to be a question we're going to ask by the end of the year. Yes. So, so whose season would you want? Yeah. That's what we'll ask at the end of the year. We'll, 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 we'll find we'll out. Do that. Because remember, remember, we were told App State is the best program in North Carolina. And apparently the best program in North Carolina goes to Texas State and loses. And, like, not even close. Next up. Number two. Now, the Tar Heels. Impressive win on Saturday against the Hurricanes. It did not go the way I thought it was going to go, though. I thought it was going to be an offensive showcase. Early on, the Tar Heels did play aggressively. I commend the coaching staff for getting it when it comes to Drake May and what they're going to have to do to win football games. Be aggressive. Get the points when you can get them, and I'm not talking about field goals. Put touchdowns on the board. That's going to be the difference. The key thing to keep an eye on for the Tar Heels going forward is Are these incremental steps from the defense going to be good enough for the rest of the season? Or are we going to see what happened with Pitt and Virginia Tech, where what's-his-face dropped six touchdown runs on the Hokies, right? Suddenly, Georgia Tech fires Jeff Collins, and they're spunky. I mean, 
Don't look now, but as much as we can talk about Carolina, the Yellow Jackets are also in the mix for the Coastal without their head coach. And I'll be curious to see how Duke bounces back after conference play, showing some creakiness with their offense. But we know North Carolina secondary can be had, and that's one thing that North that Duke has been doing relatively well. I'm also curious as to what North Carolina's buy-in level is going to be for Duke as well. I've seen this out of Carolina teams in the past where they just look at themselves on paper and go, we're better than you. You're just like, Duke, I mean, come on, what are you? And it bite them in the ass. So that's something to keep an eye on. But I, I was impressed with Carolina's win on Saturday. That was a big win for Carolina. Now, their secondary still needs to be tightened up. But they made the play when they needed to make it. They make the interception at the end of the game. You have to tip your cat to tip your cap to Carolina's defense when they needed to make a play. They did. To me, you look at Carolina's schedule now, and it's a three-game schedule. They've got the pit home game. They go two wake, and then they get state at home. I actually think they can go one and two in those three games and still win the Coastal Division. Next up. The number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. The Carolina Panthers finally fired Matt Rule. They should have done it last season. So why'd they do it now? Well, David Tepper had answers. We'll see if they're good enough next. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. Honestly, the best part, the best part of David Tepper's press conference today was when he admitted he's got learning to do as an NFL owner. Straight up. Here's what he said. Just in general, and I'll say this, this is, you know, four years in this business, two years during COVID. Um, <laughs> I'm still learning, uh, quite frankly. I, you know, we had dinner with some owner. They've been, their family's been in the business for 40 years. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be humble enough to say that it's a big difference from being in a seat of a fan or being up here, and you're trying to balance. You, you just gave the question about patience both ways. You try to balance that and try to learn from your mistakes, and hopefully we're smart enough to do that. So that's David Tepper, owner of the Carolina Panthers. I'd like to think that what he's saying is going to hold true. He's going to learn from his mistakes. This is somebody who talked about patience when he took over. He talked about patience when he hired Matt Rule. He talked about going through a little bit of pain if it meant that it would give you sustained success, right? Instead, what David Tepper did was showed you no patience whatsoever, inconsistent on patience. The guy was ready to move on from all sorts of people all the time, but he wasn't ready to move on from Matt Rule. The only thing I can think of is, well, he wanted to save some money. He wasn't ready to buy Matt Rule out. So here's this exchange between Scott Fowler columnist for the Charlotte Observer and David Tepper at the end of the press conference because at no point did Tepper really give you a reason why now was the time as opposed to at the end of last season. He could have easily said, look, we've got this plan we're trying to stick to. There are some measurables that I find important that told me I should give Matt Rule an opportunity to see it through. Obviously, the wins didn't come, so now it's time to just go ahead and reset for the you know whatever the next plan is. Instead, we get exchanges like this. Dave, this is just a timeline question, but 
did you wake up this morning and decide to do this? Did you know last night? I just wonder what your own decision process was here. <laughs> Scott, I read your column, okay? You know better, okay? Every, every day, every, you know, this is an everyday thinking about things, how we can be better, what should, should we do, when is the right time, when it's not the right time. And I said there's numerous factors that go into it. I answered that question before. You know, you, there's a tipping point that gets reached. It just so happened we got to the tipping point. And I think you understand that, you know, I... I, I do, but you're, just saying, you're not very specific on what the reasons were other than you didn't win. I mean, was there, was there something I'm missing other than that you're... He's 11 and you want me to read? I can actually, you know, I, I shouldn't say that, but I actually read your columns and I can go back to your columns and regurgitate them. So you can read your own columns, okay, for that answer. Thank you. So that's David Tepper in an exchange with Scott Fowler, columnist for the Charlotte Observer. Essentially, David Tepper doing the, the media doesn't know anything, but admitting, yeah, everything you wrote, yeah, that's the reason why we fired him. Huh? Which one is it? Oh, I don't pay attention to what's going on. Even though we know he looks at Twitter, and apparently he reads the he reads the Observer all the time. Julia, you've dealt with this plenty of times, haven't you? Back in your beat writing days, ah, no, nah, no, nah, nah, I don't, I don't bother with that stuff. And yet, man, they always were ready to pull out some sort of stat that you might have busted out any, any at any time. There's any number of reasons for David Tepper to fire Matt Rule. Yeah, and they can just be holistic. Mm -hmm. The guy gets hired in the NFL, doesn't have a plan at quarterback. Number one. And by going into the meeting and saying, we're going to draft the next Patrick Mahomes is not a plan. No. Okay. Number two, you bring in a play caller from LSU who you said after you fire him within the first two years, I didn't know Joe Brady. Huh? You get your dream job. You get a check for $62 million over a seven-year period. And you're going to the NFL. And you don't call the plays yourself. Mm. The number one person on your staff is the play caller. You don't. You didn't know him? You didn't know that Joe Brady didn't call the plays at LSU? You didn't know that Joe Brady didn't run the practices at LSU? This is who you're entrusting your dream job to? Remember when they roasted Teddy Bridgewater for saying they weren't practicing the two-minute drill? They weren't. They weren't. <laughs> because Joe Brady, apparently, didn't really know what he was doing in that regard. Basics. These are basics. You win in the NFL in the red zone. You win in the NFL at the end of games and at the end of the halves. Mm -hmm. And how many different times do we see Matt Rule roll out there and try a 70-yard field goal or mismanage the clock mm -hmm. or not have his team in a position where they're ready to take advantage of an opportunity? How many different times did we see coaching malpractice out of Matt Rule? He could have given any of those examples, David Tepper. He could have gone back to... Matt Rule's second game went on fourth and two from the Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. He decides to run a fake punt as if FIU or some directional Florida school was on Baylor's schedule that week, and he was going to pull the wool over their eyes on fourth and two from the opponent's 36-yard line. you got to be kidding me with that. The guy couldn't beat the teams he was supposed to, and he certainly couldn't beat the good teams in the league. 1-11 against the teams who finished with a record of 10 wins or more. 1-11. Never mind the 5-9 and nine mark with the teams who won between 6 and 9 games. You can't beat the teams who are on your level, mm -hmm. and you can't beat the teams above your level. You know where that leaves you? It leaves you back in college. And you know what? 
it might just work out for Matt Rule it back might. in college. It might. It might. There's, and there's but, nothing, by the way, there's nothing wrong with but that. But also, let us not forget, at Baylor, when he was hired, David Tepper had such a frenzy. That, oh, my gosh, he's going to go be the Giants coach. I'm going to give him this contract. Mm-hmm. He didn't bother to look at his resume at Baylor. Yeah, but Joe, he rescued Baylor football. No, no, no. He went 0-11 against top 25 teams at Baylor. So he never beat anybody good at Baylor. And well, at some point in the NFL, guess what you got to do? You got to be good teams. There's two conversations here. There's the simplicity in the reason why Matt Rule got fired today. It's pretty simple, as you laid out. He looked in over his head, and in a results-based business, the NFL, this isn't college, where your win-loss record, that's who you are. With decisions you control, by the way. This is true, too. Go back to that Browns well, game this year where there's 11 seconds on the play clock when he snaps the ball when he doesn't have to. Some decisions were his, some decisions were not. And that's where we get into the complicated portion of the conversation. And just how much David Tepper is at fault and just how much David Tepper is going to hold himself in accountability for the reason why the Carolina Panthers in four years went from optimism to a complete dumpster fire out in Charlotte. Because let's go through this. You talked about Joe Brady. And whether or not, you know, why is why is Matt Rule bringing this guy on? Who's to say that David Tepper said, I want this guy because he's the hot name coming out of an LSU championship that was working with this quarterback who everybody loved, okay? You, let's, let's get back. I mean, you just, you just hit it on the head with, when it came to Matt Rule and why he got the job in the first place. Matt Rule was coming out of Baylor as a hot coaching commodity. The Giants were in hot pursuit to get him. David Tepper, who has the money, wants to make a splash. Okay, well, that blew up in his face. Same with the Joe Brady thing. Patience, 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 patience. We heard a lot of patience today. Selective patience. We got to be patient here. We got to be patient there. Except that you've never shown any patience in anything that you've done. You bailed on your president. You bailed on a on a soccer coach. You bailed in Rock Hill when the terms of the deal. You went all Darth Vader on it. You pray I don't de- change it any further. Well. You bailed on that. And here's the thing where I have the biggest problem. As much as much as Matt Rule is to blame for a lot of the reasons why the Panthers are in the current state of things, David Tepper also has to own accountability for why he was the one who got impatient with Teddy Bridgewater and started chasing the shiny object, the next quarterback to go, I got to go get Matt Stafford. Well, Matt Stafford didn't want to go, well, I got to get Deshaun Watson. Then the block got a little too hot with Deshaun Watson. He ends up with the Cleveland Browns. Well, well, who's the next? All right, let's overpay for Sam Darnold because I just can't deal with Teddy anymore. If you had an actual plan, you would not have bailed on Teddy Bridgewater. You would have drafted the next quarterback. You would have then started building the team around that QB to then elevate him like we see at other places. And yet you didn't do any of that stuff. So, Matt Rule had to get fired. You can't fire the owner, unfortunately. And things are not going to improve for the Carolina Hurricanes. The Carolina Hurricanes. Things are not going to improve for the Carolina Panthers until David Tepper gets that religion. Because, again, we see this time and again. Owners come in. They're, they're, they're splashy. They like the attention. And things might not go their way. And they have to take a step back and hire the right people. Maybe, just maybe, David Tepper will hire the right people this go-round if he's to be believed when it comes to his learning process 
in the last four years. First, we got to give you our hot and cold of the weekend. It's brought to you by Any Day Heating and Cooling, a family-owned company. What was your hot of the weekend, Julio? I really, 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 really wanted to send this morning David Tepper the, uh, this interview from Justin Tucker after he made the game-winning field goal uh, to beat the Bengals last night. Because remember how much Justin Tucker played in the preseason. Yeah. Well, he didn't He didn't mess around and find out. He was ready for the moment last night. Nice. I, love, I love this explanation. I mean, I love it and I hate it and everything in between. It's, uh, you know, I, I'd be lying to you if I said every time I go out there, I'm not just a little bit nervous. You know, I'm not thinking about, you know, worst case scenario. But it's really important to me and to us to take, you know, those 1.3 seconds between the snap, the hold, and the kick and just focus on the nuts and bolts of what's going to make the kick. And my feelings don't matter. What matters is seeing the ball snapped with 12 o'clock laces from Nick Moore, seeing the ball spotted cleanly from Jordan Stout, his first career game-winning hold. And then uh, from there, I'm just a system kicker. The ball kicks itself at that point. Uh, and all, all we're really thinking about is those things that are going to make the kick. All the feelings and stuff, we can enjoy them after the fact. His first career game-winning hold. That is a team player right there, Joe. Giving a shout out to the long snapper and the holder. Unreal, unreal. My hot of the weekend goes to Tim Beck, offensive coordinator for NC State. Now a lot of NC State fans are going, Ovis, are you high? No, I'm not. Because I give Tim Beck credit for going Bailey Hockman protocol. In 2020, faced with a similar circumstance and a quarterback that didn't necessarily trust to throw it, they got creative, Joe. And they got very creative in the second half along with NC State's defense. I'm not saying that Jack Chambers is somebody that you can go out there and consistently win with. However, we have seen Tim Beck do this before. And there's a certain element that Chambers gives them with the ground game that is sorely needed. If he can just make a forward pass or two, A, NC State's next couple of weeks might not be so terrible while they give Devin Leary an opportunity to recover. What was your cold of the weekend? My cold of the weekend goes to Kentucky football coach Mark Stoops. Not because the Wildcats lost for the second straight week. Not because they lost to South Carolina. But in the offseason, he was talking trash about South Carolina coach Shane Beamer. Buddy, if you're going to write checks, your body's got to be able to cash them. Beamer didn't forget. This is the post uh, po- locker room post game scene. Make sure, hey, make sure we're classy in our post game with the media. All right, but at SEC Media Days, he talked about stupid sunglasses and dancing. I love everything about that. Here's the best part. Love it. You know what my favorite part about that, though, was? Love it. You know what my favorite part is? Which part? It's Shane Beamer saying, hey, hey, hey. Be classy. <laughs> when you when you go talk to the media about stuff, you know, you keep it classy. So the social media team at South Carolina was, he said media. He didn't say anything about social media. Mm. So here I am putting this out to clown Kentucky. I love it. I love that. I love that. Uh, my cold of the weekend goes to my dad. Oh, you said he was stepping to you? Oh, my dad was stepping to me and my brother. So the Hurricanes lose to North Carolina over the weekend. 
And North Carolina, it's it's wild to me that North Carolina has the best record against Miami since expansion. That's pretty impressive, man. I think outside of Notre Dame or whatever. So my dad, my brother, uh, texts me and my dad over the weekend, and my dad wasn't having it. And he texts me. We, I, I called him Cafecito Cristobal needs some sugar. I also tweeted out, uh, the only thing flatter than Mario's Hurricanes was Super Mario's ass in CGI form. Okay, the Mario trailer. Then my brother hits him with Crystal Ball with nothing but big capital L's. And then my dad tweets, he texts back, text back to me and my brother, that's not even your school, guys, so back off. At least the stadium lights work at Robbie, <laughs> not like what's going on at Carter-Finley. I was like, oh, my dad is mad spicy. That's your cold of the weekend. Here's David Tepper, owner of the Carolina Panthers, today uh, when asked about, you know, accountability and things that, you know, that, that are happening with the Panthers. And he decided to take an interesting tact here. Revitalizing the city. We brought music back, not back to Charlotte. There never was music in Charlotte, you know, with concerts. We brought the, we, we reopened restaurants because of what we've done here. So if you look at what's really been done on the field, on the field by this organization, there's been no lack of pro- progress in these four years, two COVID years. Okay. Yeah, COVID, COVID being a big one. You big know, there was, one. there was never live music in Charlotte. Ever. Ever. Before David Tepper showed up. That's right. He brought Mick Jagger. Dude. I mean, look, I enjoyed going to the Billy Joel show. But y'all know what Tepper's doing here, right? Tepper's laying groundwork for the next stadium, and, and he wants taxpayer money to subsidize it. And he's trying to act like, yeah, hey, I brought restaurants back from the dead, and I brought concerts here. Dude, the best thing you got going for you is that you're not Jerry Richardson, who was the weird owner who never wanted to do any of that stuff. All other owners in the NFL worth a damn who like making money would have brought concerts. So slow clap for David Tepper. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.